is a rocking. Please, please come a knocking. It's the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with the Brian Campbell, and it is back with a bang. Bang, bang. See you later. Left, right, good night. All box, all the time. Stack Jack back and underwritten by that one and only performance enhancing audio, the Brian Campbell, without question, the voice that you hear. This ain't Klitschko. No, no, it ain't. But I'm a boxing fans just the same. We've got a yet another loaded show for you. Look, full disclosure, I was thinking about punting this week on the box pod. But the box needs to rocks, and we need to break down all things Tyson, Fury, the, is he wait, is he is he actually the lineal heavyweight champion? I, I'm not really sure. Holy crap! Knocking out the schwas. Fury needs the schwas. And if that wasn't enough, cruiserweights. Oh my god! It was a bonanza weekend of cruiserweight action. Holy cow! Was there entertainment on the timeline this week? We're back to break it all down to preview a kind of a weird weekend to come including Polly Malinaji saying, I've had enough of boxing. Boxing is full of shit, man. And entering the world of bare-knuckle combat. Yes. Hey, before we get into this show, reminder, five-star review season is upon us. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Napster, uh, uh, wherever fine audio can be consumed. Be there. Five-star review. It goes a long, long way. All right. Let's talk math. Let's talk boxing. Let's talk Jeff Horn. Uh, nope. Let's not talk that. Let's talk about someone else. Right, Richard? All right. Already off to a bad start. Hey, let's talk Rafe Bartholomew. All right. Let's bring him in here. He is my co-host. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He is the new Long-form features boxing writer for The Athletic. Yes, revisit his collaborations online. How much does that cost, though? That's really that's really the question. Guess what? Do you know how much it costs? A lot. Well, really not that much, because that's a service I now have. Let's bring him in here. Let me lick you up. Let me lick you up. Oh, baby, it's Rafe Bartholomew, the champion of the West Coast. How is it, bro? Well, what's good about that is that I'm not on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast, baby. I'm in New York. I'm where I'm in the place where I was born, the apartment where I grew up in. And it's filled with cats. We got tenants now. We got roommates. We got all kinds of all kinds of disrespectful things going on in the Campbell. No, no. The Bartholomew household. Yes. The Ledwan and Rancis Bartholomew household. Um, I've been, first of all, uh, First of all, we're less than 24 hours removed from Father's Day. In any event, happy Father's Day. I'm literally just back from being treated to breakfast. What better time than now 
to talk about heavyweight boxing. Well, we will, Richard. We will get to that. But I just wanted to throw in there, Rafe, that, you know, you're back home where your daddy is and, you know, we good friends. We good friends. I love your daddy. But let's get it on. Let's get it on. And uh, I've been in in, in the house that Boog's built. And your bedroom is like a time capsule of like 1997 hip hop culture. Like, have you ever seen the movie Kids? You have oh, Telly's bed. What's his name? Uh, what's a- come on, come on! No, Don't put that. I'm, that was not me, man. I was into basketball. Yeah, yeah. Love those were skater kids. Those, I wasn't into all that BS. Like Chloe Sevigny, bunch of rich kids pretending to be strung out because they were strung out, but they knew they were fine because they had all this money. I, that was that was different. And and you know what? They 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 mixed up with some. They they messed up some kids' lives that way. True. I guess that happens. I guess that happens. But. Um, yeah, I'm not. I, while I enjoyed the film, I even I was familiar with some of the people in the film, but that wasn't really my set. I'm from downtown, too, but that was not my my. We were like, no, no, no. We we, we play ball. We 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 live down here, but we actually get in the parks department van and go uptown to play ball in tournaments on the weekends. We're not sitting here with a thumbs up our ass on the weekends okay, on a skateboard. OK, well, Wu-Tang right? is so for take the your children and shove them up your ass. Take wow. your airwalks, shove them, baby. Wu-Tang is for the kids, and I was in your bedroom, and it's it's very uh, – it's I love it. I love it, okay? I love it. It is. It is I mean, I've got a, I, I have a giant uh, promotional poster of the old Dirty Bastard that I stole off of the street. Like some, some street team put it up. I was like, that would look nice on my door. I have subway signs in there. It is a uh, – it, it basically is my high school bedroom. I love it. Uh, before we get into the real stuff this week, Rafe, and I got a lot of disrespectful things to say, as you mentioned, so about, about, about a lot of people in our boxing life. Um, someone we love on this show. The great Richard Dwyer. Hi, it's Dwyer. The week of the fight. I have been in touch with the legend, Rafe. Wow. I they say never email your heroes. I did, Rafe. I have been in touch with Rich Data. Wanted to get How'd him on. The, wanted to get him on the show this week. Okay. Yeah. D- it didn't happen. He's got a big trial coming up right now. Okay. Look, business. You, you got to move product. All right. You got to move product. Hold on. Brian, you're not gonna. You weren't gonna call a little bit of BS on that and say, hold on, hold, hold, hold the f up, Dwyer. I see you uploading 18 hours worth of YouTube. <laughs> well, that's box business. Stuff a week. You're telling me that you can't come promote your channel on my highly regarded podcast about ejaculation? How dare you? I mean, if you feel a little ripped off, I understand. Quite frankly, this brother's feeling a little bit ripped off. But look, that's that's it's all good. Okay, it's all good. Brother. It's all good. It's all good. Dwyer's my man. Look, that's his side business. All right, revisit his collaborations, Dwyer Boxing. Revisit, uh, find his crime blog in his favorites folder. I love me some Dwyer. But we're going to get him. We're, we're going to get him. closer. We're getting closer, all right? You t- getting closer. Can't wait one day. We're going to make this happen. Yes. Uh, any other house cleaning we have to do, Rafe? Uh, Life at the Athletic. Hey, read a couple of your pieces. Loved them. Why, thank you. Heard it was boring. I, I, I would love to shake your hand someday, sir. I mean, it would be, a, it, you know. Would you like to shake my hand? I'd love to shake your hand. I would, would love to. Uh, you know, heard your content was good. 
thought it might have been boring. Sounded boring. Heard everybody talk about it the next day. Still sounded boring. But I read it. I loved it. Okay, so revisit Rafe's collaborations. You got the uh, inside story on the man who founded BoxRec. We got a nice uh, uh, tug and war of kindness regarding the end of Triple G's uh, era as our superhero. So it's interesting. I like it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's fun. Hey, it's great to be writing. Uh, you know, I will because this is this is this is where you and I we talk to our people, Brian. I will let a little something out of the cage right now. Wow. Exclusive. Yes. This this week. This week. Wait, I want the horn exclusive. I, I love that. I love that. Come on, give it to me. Let's go. I want the whole load. Yeah, what do you got for me? Okay, go ahead. You're, you're so horny that you've got the exclusive. Right? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So this week, we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring back a version, maybe not the, maybe not the raw dog version, but a, a, a solid version of a respect box style newsletter roundup. Not oh, as yeah. a newsletter, but on the site. But if, you, if, if you're looking for gifts, if you want big drama gift, if you want Usyk, steak, meat, all that kind of nonsense, all the ridiculousness in boxing, that's coming to you guys this yes. week on The Athletic. It's coming back. Boom! Dig it again! Dig it again! That's- what are we going to call it? Is, uh, is Respect Box copyrighted? Do you have that a patent pending on that? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to suggestions. If anybody wants to slide in my DMs or, or get in the mentions and, and suggest a new name for a new era, if I or to say, hey, you cannot do any better than Respect Box. True. Just keep it. I'm open to different suggestions. I'm open to what my editors want. I don't. I think I kind of suggest my editors are just going to say, yeah, I don't know, call it something. So we do have a lot of leeway here to figure this out. It could be the uh, the the Jay Nady Weekly. I, I, I you never know. God, God, Jay Nady. Was... I got so many disrespects. Yeah, hey, I before, got so before many. Before we get into like the real part about this weekend, what were your thoughts on on the Schwaz's moves? Were you moved at all by the? <laughs> I was a little shocking. I didn't see that coming. I mean, hey, Fury, you almost got beat by a man with – well, you know you didn't. Oh, right. uh, yeah. Right, right. Not quite. I mean, and plus, all right. First, who's – well, who's got who's got more moves? I mean, we know who's got more moves, but who has more moves in the, between Fury and the Schwarz? The fat fellas can fight for some reason. All fat people can fight. <laughs> all right. I mean, that's the bottom line, right? Oh, wait. Was she a great big fat person? All right, enough ridiculousness. She's a big girl, sir. Yes, she's a big girl. That is that is interesting. All righty. Hey man, don't be a blank. All right, all right, Richie. I love me some Richie Dwyer, but I mean, what, you got to be honest. Dwyer's like a modern day Teddy Atlas. Like I, I got so many disrespectful things to say about the ESPN broadcast, which I will in a second. One of those is, hey Tim Bradley. I love you. Stop trying to be Teddy Atlas. You know who's got the Teddy Atlas stick down? It's my man Dwyer. He could bring ridiculousness. He could bring real back foot boxing analysis. I love it. I love where it's going. Love him in the Jaguars jersey. Love it. Okay. Anyway, Rafe, that's it. It's time to get into the meat of the show. But before we do, let's hear a word from our friends and sponsors. Dig it. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. All right, Rafe Bugs, live from the East Coast. We got up early on this Monday morning to break things down. Fury needed the schwas, and that was the headline this week. And you know I'd love to go 45 minutes on Cruiserweights to open the show. I would love to. That's the plan, right? And we will. But to this day, the heavyweights are back. Tyson Fury's back. And the lineal championship is back. Rafe, there's a lot of directions to go on Tyson Fury's, to be honest with you, sensational knockout of the schwas. But can I start with something that really rubbed me not off rubbed me on got me fight got me got me hot and heavy no no not that way Rafe something that really pissed me off can we start there yeah lay it on me What's Rafe, going we're on? media members so we try to do that respectful thing of not insulting other media members like I'm trying in this cesspool of, of boxing media I'm trying to make things happen on broadcast waves on the media waves revisit my collaborations on PBC face-to-face, you may watch that and be like, this guy just doesn't have it, and that's fine. So I'm not here to tell you that my brethren at ESPN doesn't have it. I'm here to tell you that my brethren at ESPN, what is going on in the top rank era, Rafe? This is why we can't have nice things, okay? Tyson Fury's great. He's the lineal champion. He's just signed a $100 million contract. You don't need to beat those three points down my throat to the level that I'm no longer liking Tyson Fury because ESPN is ruining the experience. Rafe, the only comparison to this is when you have that favorite band and you find out the person in your life who you don't like also loves that favorite band, and then you're like, oh, wait, I need to revisit my own interests here. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is like the teeny bopper girls finding out your favorite indie band, and that now suddenly it's theirs. I can't handle this, Rafe. They're ruining the things I love. What happened to just presenting things that are great onto the screen and letting the viewer go, holy crap, that's great. Am I wrong? Uh, I feel you, Brian. Part of that, I think, is just the modern condition of being a boxing fan, of being one of the hardcores, because you're going to be in almost every case, several years ahead of the curve in terms of admiring really good fighters. By the time that they get the big stage on ESPN or Showtime or Fox or wherever that whatever network is going to do the, the hard sell on a fighter, chances are you've been following his career for two, three, five years in some cases. In Fury's case, since... 2012 or 13. I mean, go back to Stevie Cunningham, revisit their collaboration, revisit the the epic plumber discussion that Fury had ringside talking talking all kinds of disrespectful things about David Price. I'll fight David Price any day of the week. You see, you plumber from Liverpool, it's personal between me and I'm going to do you some serious harm, you big stiff idiot. Okay, all right. Thanks, thanks, Tyson. We're live on Channel 5. All right, go on, one more. Also, they're going to need 10 plumbers to do you when I've got to finish with you. Also, you are getting it. <laughs> also, a lot of 
things that did not date well at the end of that rant. All right. Oh, you're not going to give us the Tony Bellew line? No. What are you, you getting soft on me, Brian? No, no, no. Um, no, 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 no. But so, yeah, part of that is just that, you. yeah, you're right. It, every the, That is the constant experience of being a boxing diehard. You are the, you are the early adopters. You are the people who already know these guys and don't need them sold to you. So then when the big sell happens – it gets so tiresome. It re- it's hard to sit but through. Rick, this I, I is mean- beyond the idea of a big sell. There's one thing to educate fans. ESPN put out a really corny video of just showing you how tall Tyson Fury is, having him next to computer-generated images of LeBron. And look, I get that. That's- who, who came up with that animation of Tyson Fury looking all ripped? I like, mean, that they they the Fury guys had to be dying, pissing themselves, laughing, looking at that, <laughs> looking at that. I mean, hey, Tyson, is that you? I can hey, understand mate, oh, that video is oh not for me. That video is for the hard. Like that video is not for the hardcore. You are the boxing hardcore. You're not regular fans. That's for the regular fans. But the idea, Rafe, and that's fine. You want to educate regular fans that this is a six foot nine heavyweight who's a historic heavyweight who can move, who might be, I don't know, the next what? What do you want to call him? Or Fury, Fury like the new Muhammad Ali. You even could go that far and be ridiculous like that. But to just beat down our damn throat, Rafe. That he's the lineal champion. That he's this. That he's that. This is as bad as Final Day HBO. Do you remember the last days of HBO? They could, like, it just stopped being a thing where, like, we are the voice of boxing. We are the, you know, the the sober voice of boxing who tells it like it is. If things are bad, we will tell you that they're bad. And it turned out that in this fight, at least, we brought you junk. The Final Days of HBO, Rafe, which, by the way, also was the end of the top rank run on there it was like they just beat down your throw that 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 you know brian every fighter was the best three times you said beat down your throat three stop it man i don't want to hear that anymore why you got you do you have issues with with the with that idea i mean it is it is 2019 rafe he didn't he swallowed the old term in boxing is he swallowed and that's it i mean that i mean what, what do you i mean what happens when a man swallows once it's hard to come back from he'll always do it yeah. He's destroyed. Oh, that's disgusting. I mean, uh, I mean, <sighs> let's just dissect some of what he said there, Steve, over the past 20 minutes or so. And first of all, what he was saying about Anthony Joshua and using that phrase, he swallowed it, which <laughs> took us back to our youth. Which is- I, well, it takes a lot of us back to our youth. But the point is, Rafe, t- just to get this bizarre rant over with. They're on the verge, and this is ESPN in general, and I get it. They're tied to top rank. They got co-promotional deal with Queensberry, Frank Warren. But between Lomachenko, Crawford, Teofimo, and now Tyson Fury. And by the way, those just happen to be four of my favorite fighters in the whole sport. I love me some Bud Crawford. They are going beyond the level of educating regular crossover sports fans and irritating the fan base by just beating down these things that in some ways you have to let the fan realize somebody is great. Stop telling me 5,000 times Somebody is great. When Tyson, t- stop telling me for an hour that Tyson Fury is about to have the most epic ring walk ever. And then when he has the ring walk, instead of reacting to that ring walk honestly and being like, wow, that was cool, or wow, he really went for it, whatever, you're Joe Tess and you have a prepared statement, a prepared speech written about how he's taking over America and grabbing the American fan. Like, uh, Rafe, like. I think, yeah, okay, I think what you're saying here, Brian, is very true. And a couple points off of that. One, 
I think the way that the glory days of HBO, when they, you know, when when the P that we look back on, what they did was they delegated. They had a designated BS detector in Larry Merchant, the great Larry Merchant, who was allowed to go off script a little bit. I mean, everybody could go. I mean, Roy could say whatever he wanted. People could go off script, but Larry was that guy who would just say, you know, today we brought you junk, or he would, you know, he would be complaining about Floyd during the middle of Floyd fights, never giving him a fair shake and eventually threatening to kick, go back in time and kick Floyd's ass. He was allowed to criticize the product and, and not always be selling. And just that amount of balance really makes a difference. It, it speaks to the fan out there who does know a little better, who is more informed, who can see through a bit of the necessary salesmanship and allows them to be like, okay, at least at least somebody there is self-aware. It allows they don't you don't feel like anything is being quote unquote beaten down your esophagus. Thank you, uh, man. At least some people got the score right. And then Brian, the other issue there is, I agree. I felt the same way about the the Joe 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 Tess's spiel during Tyson Fury's ring walk, where he was almost play, he had he was playing along with pretending that he didn't know what was coming when Fury started off with the black robe and was trying the, the weird dark entrance and then the, the the wardrobe change and all of a sudden he's doing the Apollo Creed Rocky 4 living in you know living in America ring walk that that whole playing along like that look look the thing that makes boxing great let's go back to Larry Merchant the theater of the unexpected well if you are if it's all staged if you are if it's staged down to the point of the announcers being sort of in cahoots and not reacting in real life to what is happening in a, even I mean it's not what's happening in the ring but it's what's ha- like the ring walk is not that serious but it's just a and another example of how just to have natural reactions and it's classic classic any form of media it's a writing cliche but it applies to everything show don't tell and you're absolutely right you look at how tyson fury was in the ring you didn't need to sell that too hard that was crazy you and even against the schwarz i'm not i don't really give i i'm i'm not one of these people who's going all the way out on crawling all the way out on the limb to say what an amazing performance wow 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 i mean we've seen amazing performances from tyson fury this was him beating up a guy who didn't belong in the ring with him but still just to see that guy move like that a guy with that bizarre body with all those skills flashy i mean that you don't need to sell that you don't need to look, you don't need to slap a label on it it's just like what the look you look at it this is crazy how this does this is amazing like he he sells himself and he speaks better for himself than anybody could exactly. speak for him. i don't like the direction it's going by the way i love joe test worked alongside him on espn's friday night fights he's great I love Tim Bradley. I think Andre Ward has become a fantastic announcer. I don't think they need to go to this level. It's it feels fake. Just just like I don't know. It just felt like there's all these pre-written narratives, and I and, and I get that's where we are in boxing media, where each channel is tied to a promoter. It can't be the good old days where if you're good enough, you fight on HBO regardless of your promoter. It's it's what it is. But come on, folks, just just let it play out. Like I think let's. I think what they can do. Maybe let Andre Ward has that sort of natural curmudgeon in him a little bit. He's the he generally likes to be the guy who will say, you know what, 
this ain't all that. I'm better than this. Or, you know, so why not go ahead? Let him let him push that a little bit farther. Let him be the guy who's like, hey, yo, pump the brakes. Let's stop. Let, to, to borrow a line from Winston Wolf in Pulp Fiction, let's stop sucking each other's. Wow. And this Hi, is Sean well, Dongs this, for a minute. And to be and, really honest with you, this is where we miss Teddy, right? Pump, this yeah, is where Teddy. we miss Teddy. Teddy would be the voice of reason. Teddy would tell you the truth. Wilder, Wilder, a guy who really can't fight, who's wild, he's unorthodox, his technique stinks, <laughs> but he can punch. But look, we're not getting that on the regular ESPN broadcast. So long I rant Ward over. Do it. I think Ward can do it. We just gotta, we've got to sort of nudge him in that direction, tell him, hey, if you disagree, just disagree. It's okay. Rafe, I know you don't watch pro wrestling. It's a bunch of skinhead white guys watching other – oh, wait, no, that's, that's mixed martial arts. Sorry. But, look, there's something that's happening in modern-day WWE today. they got this minor league thing called NXT that's better than anything that happens on the main roster. These guys come to NXT. We fall in love with them. Then they go to the main roster. Vince McMahon finds the one thing about them that's, like, in his eyes marketable, and he makes it all about them. So here's the equivalent. We love Tyson Fury because he says what's on his mind, even if he plans to insult you, he doesn't care, because he's unique in the ring. And this extra stuff, the singing, the karaoke, that's gravy on top of what we already love. That takes him from, wow, he's really fun, to, wow, he's great. I just felt like Saturday's broadcast was like, let's take that one thing. He's a showman and make it all about that. Instead of like, let's hope that Tyson Fury might sing. It was like, here's the mic, Tyson. Do your thing. Right. You know what I mean? It was more like everything was planned and scripted. Bob Arum singing American Pie afterwards. at the pre- Like it's going a little bit too far. All right. And also Thanks. doing the with with in terms of the showmanship, let him be the natural showman that he is. Like you're saying, I don't I, I think that. Having him replay his old hits. Oh, remember that time you beat Klitschko and then sang the Aerosmith song from Armageddon into to, to your wife in the ring and Klitschko's wandering around looking like I can't believe this just happened to me. <laughs> like that was a great moment. It was also an organic moment. Recreating I he Tyson Fury, we've heard him. He can sing a million songs. I mean, let him I want to I want him to sing whatever song comes to mind, not the one that they that that planned before the fight to sing. And then for American Pie to become this weird shtick where they're, Ariel Hawani is trying to get him to do it on TV, and he does it after at every pre, at every at, after every fight at the press conference. It's like that. That's how you get into people rolling their eyes at all the big drama show stuff with Triple G. I mean, obviously it's a yes. different kind of shtick, but you don't want it with a guy who is such a gifted, natural, crazy, funny, witty, gift of gab type, extemporaneous speaker who's quicker on his. Quicker on his mind than he is on his feet, and he's pretty damn quick on his feet. You let that guy go. I mean, you you try and hope that he doesn't put his foot too deep in his yeah. mouth. But, My wrestling uh, comparison there was basically to say we like we wouldn't care about Tyson Fury singing if he couldn't do all that other stuff, like fight and box, and to make it all about the other stuff is where you have a disconnect, where you lose. But anyway, shout out to our listeners. Shout out to all the dads there yesterday. Shout out to the Alex Godinez crew. Shout out to the Irish crew. Shout out to Omaha Bomac. Shout out to Omaha, Nebraska. And shout out to getting into the breakdown of this fight. 
Tyson Fury defend, apparently defending the lineal championship. And again, it's, it's, that's another thing. I love the idea of lineal championships. I'm the guy who will tell you all them alphabet ba- belts mean nothing. It's the lineal that matters. And yet ESPN's making me go enough about the lineal. Anyway. Well, well we, can, we can take a moment to unpack that, Brian, because do you... Where, where do you fall on the Tyson Fury as lineal champion? Do you feel yes. like he deserves the title in the same way that, say, Alexander Grosdick at, uh, at, at light heavyweight has it or Canelo has it at middleweight? Because there is that extra blip on his radar where, yeah, he was the man who beat Klitschko, but then he retired, was out for two and a half years. And while no, obviously I think that it's fair to say that the way that he's come back in the last year makes me pretty comfortable considering him thinking of him as the man in the division, thinking of him as a, a legitimate, a legitimate claim to the lineal title. It's not as clear a case as it is for those other fighters who never retired, who stayed active and who are truly the men of their division. He's still the lineal champion straight up. And I get what people are saying. He retired and then, uh, Joshua and Klitschko fought. And that could have been the equivalent of one versus two. To me, it's not Klitschko never had another fight. After he lost to Fury. It's not like he came back. I mean, like, how does he suddenly the number two? I don't know. My point is this. When fighters straight up retire for real, like, people are making the argument, well, is Floyd still the lineal welterweight champion if he comes back tomorrow and fights McGregor again? No. He officially retired. In my eyes, Fury's retirement wasn't a retirement, Rafe. It was a long weekend. It was a... Brian, you wouldn't have said that a year and a half ago. Yes, I would have, Rafe. I never thought... I never thought that was the end of Tyson. So maybe it's a personal thing. Oh, you thing. never jacked from your life. I never this man. jacked. I, I always knew he would come back in some form. So to me, in the, is this a gray area? Yes. But again, again, all of boxing titles are a gray area. People get alphabet belts they don't deserve. Tom Schwartz was somehow ranked number two in one of these alphabet organizations, even though he only fought in Germany and the Czech Republic against everyone with the same last name. Rafe, this is a joke. All the Lewandowskis. This is a joke, boxing. So is it a gray area for me to say, well, I didn't really think he was retired? Yes, it's all a big gray area. But to me, he's still the lineal champion. He beat Klitschko. No one beat Fury. He came back two years later. Whatever. All right? Whatever. Anyway, let's get into the fight. Think about Tyson Fury. He's fighting some guy named Schwartz next. (laughs) All right. In the end, it was. It was laughable. But here's the deal. Tyson Fury had this type of pressure on him. Not pressure he was going to lose. He wasn't going to lose. We saw him last year against the Surf and Safaris and the Pinatas, and he made a joke of boxing. He made a joke of himself. He was trying to get back into shape, and instead of going out there and doing what he's supposed to do against bums, I hate using the term bums. It makes people who don't fight like me sound like an idiot calling a professional fighter who signs up and puts his life on the line a bum. Yes, I don't like that practice, but those guys are borderline bums. And he just made it a show in a circus, and it sucked, and it was a mockery of the sport. So there was pressure on him, Rafe, to go out there and treat the Schwartz like he was as dangerous as any other opponent and put on a damn show, Rafe. From the standpoint of trying to dominantly get rid of a guy he's supposed to dominantly get rid of and look a 10 out of 10 in doing so, Fury hit a grand slam on Saturday. If you're ESPN and top rank and you are looking to get as many ESPN plus subscribers and introduce this six foot nine unique Greg Maddox of a heavyweight on casual sports fans, he hit a damn home run, Rafe. 
He was focused. He was dynamic. He mixed up switching stances with, with actually sitting down on his power shots, bloodied up Schwartz's nose, and got him the hell out of there. Say what you will about the crap around it. Say what you will about Joe Tess and company. Tyson Fury hit a damn home run on Saturday. I'm with you on that, Brian. I think I'm still, I am so, I have so many disrespectful things to say about the choice of the opponent in Tom Schwartz. Uh, I'm fine with Fury getting a fairly, a, a light touch on his first fight to introduce him to a new audience, the American audience, to do all this. We've seen it with, I mean, I, look, I, I say the same thing about Triple G fighting Steve Rolls, the same thing about Canelo fighting Rocky Fielding in their first fights on the zone. This is sort of the standard routine, it seems, this in this past year, these, the, 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 the last 12 months of how guys start off their de- new deals on these big network, net, networks, networks, platforms. Uh, so I, I get it, but I think they could have go- done a little bit better. This was This was borderline. It was just someone who you saw very quickly was so far out of his depth and, and it cheapened to, for me, I think it cheapened Fury's brilliance a little bit. If you're, if you knew what you're looking at as a, uh, you know, as a fairly educated fight fan, this was, even though, even though you could, you could compare it to Deontay Wilder's first round knockout of Dominic Brazil. And I said so many disrespectful things about Brazil, Brazil did some things to at least put himself, make himself seem respectable in that position going into the fight. And then he fought a terrible game plan and Wilder sent him to hell. Good for that. Good for Wilder in that case. But for in the the case of take his hall boobs away, (laughs) the case of Tom Schwartz, you could just look at his record. Look at some of his previous fights. Look at the kind of fighters he'd been facing. And it's you seeing someone who's going to be so far out of their depth at world class level. He hadn't even fought at European level. Boxrec ranked him as the seventh best heavyweight in Germany. Are you the serious? Heavy- yes. Who's yes. ahead? Who's ahead of him on that list? Number one was Christian Hammer, who oh. who Fury beat years ago. Who what's who who Luis Ortiz, Ortiz yeah. beat around the ring in a bad Luis Ortiz performance where he was just sluggish and like, man, do I really have to fight this guy tonight? I'm 147 goddamn years old, and that, that that's what that's who he was fighting. So that I think they could. I wish I wish they had found something a little bit more interesting. However, for, for Fury's case, that's not his problem. That's not his concern. And you're right. He did exactly what he needed to do. And that doesn't always, that hasn't always happened with Tyson Fury. He stepped up to this moment and made, and, and didn't do any kind of, he didn't make a mockery of the sport. He, he showboated, he showed his skills. He also got him out of there. He also made it, uh, he, he, he gave it a, it's, oh my, oh wow, this is something, even if, even if I can complain all day about the choice of the opponent. Let's talk boxing. Let's talk Tyson Fury. Yeah, let's do it, Rich. Um, so I tweeted out, Rafe, because I was impressed, not by the fact that he beat a guy he's supposed to destroy, but again, by the ways and by the focus. So I tweeted out, look, say what you will about the opponent. And, and again, you can I thought that was the best Tyson Fury's ever looked. And right away, I got a hate coming at me. And our good friend Cliff Roll, the guy who's like the moral compass of the hardcore of the hardcores on Twitter, was like, are you kidding me, dude? He just, he boxed circles around Klitschko for 12 rounds four years ago. And you're telling me this is the best he ever looked? I mean, from the standpoint, 
that Fury mixed in a willingness to try to get a guy out of there. I get he was fighting E or D level competition, depending on where you want to go there. But I'm saying the mix. I want to go to the D level, Brian. The, wow, uh, meet me, sit down on the D. Yeah, uh, the the mixture of the being offensively inclined. Of doing the different kind of things that like that he does that's unique. Tyson Fury is really the six eight six nine version of Terence Crawford. Doing that kind of stuff when you put all that together, Rafe. Here's a guy who's mentally stable right now, who's got the excess out of his life, who's in shape for a guy his size, and I thought that was the best package. Who's going to give you a full package? I thought Tyson brought the full package on Saturday in ways that. We hadn't seen his career. Yeah, maybe he was more slick against Klitschko or whatever. But I'm saying I think he's ready to find out if this is the Tyson Fury era. And I'm, again, not trying to overvalue what Schwarz brought to the table. But I was happy that he brought it and didn't make Saturday Night a joke. And now instantly you're like, I need that Wilder rematch right now. Or if not, I need a live body next. And did you see on BoxRec, they're talking about, I'm on boxing scene, talking about maybe Big Baby next? Is that a thing? Brian, this is one of the things I have the most disrespectful things to say about is the appearance of Jarrell Miller at at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas this weekend, still in the middle of his six month suspension for taking for for getting popped on more PEDs. I mean, this is the most egregious case of someone getting caught on PEDs in in like a major fight situation that I can think of in years like this is the worst and like that doesn't mean that other fighters haven't done the same and not gotten caught or other fighters haven't done worse and we're just max masking it and they got caught for the masking agent i understand that but it's it just and and who knows if i mean the story right now is basically all sourced from jarell miller he could have just been there trying to pump himself up saying that oh yeah i mean I, i've had some talks with bob about maybe facing fury that i haven't seen that confirmed from the top rank side yet um but it was it's just this is the worst case of how treating pd bans lightly in boxing is just going to encourage more fighters to do that. Well, like it was also pretty bad when Luis Ortiz failed for Wilder and then got the Wilder fight right after that. That was pretty bad too. I know he that's had high a very bad one too. That is a very, yeah, but this I, I guess, but at least if Povetkin failed twice against Ortiz and then got the Joshua fight. So look, what, it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. What, 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 what? The reason I guess this one really, really riled me up was. He's there, still on suspension, talking about when he comes back like he's coming back from injury, giving interviews, people just putting the mic yeah. in, the yeah. camera in his face, being like, hey, big baby, how do you think you'd do against Tyson? Oh, like, hold up. You're, you're, you, you are literally – this This would be like if Antonio Margarito, which he kind of – I mean, Margarito did kind of do some of this did. stuff. You know what yeah, it would be like, did. Rafe? It would be like this. And then the phrase, tainted meat hit the lexicon. Because then Canelo was rewarded with the Triple well, G fight. Yeah, But – but. At least Canelo was not out there sort of hamming it up that whole during the whole time. He he went away. And I, why is it any difference? If you're still going to come back and get the fights and get the payment, that's really that's the bottom line. Who cares if you're out there acting like nothing happened? But it just boxing is a hood I, sport, Rafe. Boxing. Brian, is a hood sport, Rafe. Brian, if you're a fighter and you're watching this. Why is there any reason for you not to do all the drugs? No, no, we've been doping since the beginning, Rafe. It's really just, just keep, yeah, just, just, yeah. Wow, wow, you feel all it. All right, Miller Fury. 
Wow. It'd be exciting. Yeah. At least Tyson Fury will sell the hell out of that angle. That part would be fun if that happened. I'd ra- to be honest, I'd rather have Jarrell Miller, who we still don't really know how good he is. We figure, we think we know where his ceiling is. I'd rather have him than some European guy. Like, what if you told me Fury Bogdan Dinu was next? I'm like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know. It, it, it's a better fight, but. It's just you don't you hate to see a guy get oh, that yeah. oppor- get that opportunity immediately after a a really really egregious doping violation. That so yes is is on paper is Miller Fury a better matchup than Bogdan Dinu Fury? Absolutely, absolutely. But there are other guys available. Why you've got the great Kubrat Pulev, Borat Pulev wow. out here. You know, they they might kiss each other on the mouth again, and it will, and 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 hopefully it will go better than Kubrat's last uh, escapade down that road. Oh come on! But wow, you're yeah, really? Come on, come on. Yeah. We, we know how we know how Kubrat rolls. All right, all right. Um, so I mean, the Schwartz did what he had to do, which is get knocked out. Did you feel like uh, the Schwartz could beat Surf and Safari? I don't know. I, I mean, I matchup Monday. I have no clue. Give me, give me <laughs> matchup Monday. Give me a triple threat match with the pinata, and and uh, I mean, and find out of of. I of, think the Surf and Safari wins. He's actually won some meaningful fights at cruiserweight. He's just way undersized and was in there for for a, a circus and a payday against Fury. But uh, Surf and Safari, I might, I might give. We, I, you know, you look back at that. I forget one of one of. One of Schwartz's fights that's on, you know, that's the uh, yes. look on YouTube under Crazy Tom Schwartz fight, and you'll find footage of him fighting a shorter, shorter heavyweight, kind of surf and safari shaped, who's just taking it to him. And there's some headbutts involved. Schwartz definitely tries to sell a headbutt and get a DQ. Basically, tries to get out of the fight. Gets escapes with the, escapes with the DQ later on in the fight. It is. Uh, it's not a good look for for the the one and only Tom Schwartz. I, I'm I I think I favor the the Safari in that one. Yeah, I mean, wow. I I follow Surf and Safari on Instagram, and I have to hit the translate button for all of his posts. But he posted a, a video of him and Fury the other day, and was like, "It's one year later from this historic fight. Thank you to all my fans. Hi, my boxing fans." I was like, "Oh my god! All right, wow. Yeah, he'll do things people won't do." Um, let's talk Fury. Uh. This fight doesn't does it change your heavyweight power rankings at all? Because your your brethren at the Athletic interviewed Wilder afterwards, uh, the top operator and Lance Pugmire, whoever I don't know who wrote it. One of your guys, one of your Lance, Athletic people. Yeah, Lance Lance got a hold of Deontay Wilder. Wilder, of course, ripped the whole thing, and you know, and they're all ripping each other. Everyone's piling on AJ right now. Is Fury still ahead of Wilder in your heavyweight power rankings? Yes, yeah, not not because of anything he did on Saturday, but just because. That's where he is. I thought he beat Wilder in December, and neither guy has had any sort of indication that 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 hierarchy should change. All right. All right. I wish Fury could give us a couple fights this fall because, like, if you want to take these type of fights that – if you're ESPN and ESPN Plus and top rank, you're you you're, I mean, look, you're pay you have to pay Fury a lot. You signed him to a ridiculous deal, so you, but you're using it to gain subscriptions and build momentum toward the eventual payoff, which is the rematch with Deontay Wilder. So, champ, I'd be willing to give him a couple more of these pies because as much as this Schwartz fight was a joke, it wasn't an event. I mean, we cared about it. I mean, I could tell you some disrespectful things about the MGM Graham Garden Arena who put uh, covers over the upper deck seats like it was a WNBA game and then still tried to say, well, we sold out. 
We sold nine thousand. We sold every available seat outside of those ones that we put the tarp outside of the seven thousand we put the tarp over. But I, still, my point I, is, it, Brian, it was the biggest crowd since the presidential inauguration in twenty seventeen. Brian, that's how big it was. It was a giant crowd. I don't care what you say. I don't care about the pictures. I don't care about the nine thousand reported attendance it was the biggest crowd they sold out every seat that was bought think about that think wow. it think wow. it my thing is think though, believe it receive it i don't want to ruin the rematch with wilder but at the same time heavyweights hot right now i'm not against the idea if you're telling me would you rather have the heavyweights fight only twice a year or fight four times and two of those are going to be jokes but it keeps the narrative going if i'm espn top rank i say maybe we get two more out of fury to end this year to try to keep banging that drum toward the big fights. You you with me on my plan at all? Oh, I think I don't know if they can pull that off, but I think there's that's a great plan. Why not? Look, as long as the good I think that fans, media, hardcores would not complain so much about stay busy fights, about Schwarz opponents, if like in the old day, in the great old day, in the golden era, when I was covering Sugar Ray Robinson, who reminded me of the great Danny Jacobs. Uh <laughs> He has a stick on him. Yes, yes. No, but, but, you know, there was a time in boxing when champions would fight lower-level opponents, but they were busy. They were fighting more than four times a year. But, but like, if you have to ask, like, how busy, though? How busy would you like to be this year? Busy. (laughs) Yeah, that busy. They were that busy, Brian. They were Arturo Trujillo-style busy. But, yeah, if they're fighting... Four times a year, two stay busy fights and two real fights. Nobody's going to complain about that. The fact, unfortunately, that almost never happens. It's very hard to imagine that being becoming a regular thing. Now, is it a good goal for Fury for this year that they could pull off? Why not? Why not? Because this is what Bob Arum is saying, and I think there's some truth to it. The more you get this guy in the ring, the more you are able to familiarize the audience with him, the bigger that those big fights at the end of the road are going to be. Then let me ask you this. Was it a fail? It ain't going to be 5 million pay-per-views big. Pause that thought. Pause that thought. Was it a fail on ESPN and Top Rank to put Fury the first time behind a paywall? I get you signed him to bring eyes to the plus to set up a long-term pay-per-view with Wilder and a rematch that will make everybody money. But maybe given that we all knew he was going to blow out the Schwartz, should that have been on regular ESPN? That that's There's a fair argument there. I feel like with ESPN, you know how it is. It's such a big company. There's so many moving parts. You know, you don't know what their other obligations are on the network, on linear TV. Lineal. They could have, they could have, they could have called it lineal TV. Wow. Oh, my God. On linear cable. Um you don't know what they are if they already had stuff penciled in for that date. You don't know which executive is fighting with who over what kind of jockeying for position. So it's it's hard for us to to really know all the moving parts behind the scene. There it definitely there's there's a good argument that putting that on cable gives you a better uh, a, a better you know a better pop. You, more people are going to see that fight if you like. Wow, you spend the whole week selling this big big fight, and then man, I get to get I get to watch that on regular ESPN. That, that that there's truth to that. I think it also ESPN Plus, besides dri- driving a f- however many new subscribers to the app, there's an argument that because Fury is a has been unpredictable in terms of how he fights against lesser opponents over the course of his career. There's some risk in in rolling him out there against a, a lower level guy in his first 
fight on the network. Because if you get the Tyson Fury who showboats in the bad way, who carries a pinata for 10 rounds and kind of bores you, then maybe maybe that 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 casual crowd, that cable TV crowd that you spent the week selling the fight to, who tuned in to see this historical heavyweight, tunes in and is like, what the hell is this? Why why is this Good why is this guy dancing around this guy this uh, this this movie dude? Yeah, all right, let's bring in grandpa cuz this is we got to talk about this. Hello grandpa. How are you doing? Yeah, how you doing Bob Arum? On this show last week Bob Arum, by the way, fantastic interview. Revisit that collaboration if you haven't. Even though Fury Wilder won on Showtime in December did in the area of 300 plus thousand buys. Bob said on our show I think Fury Wilder 2 in spring of 2020 in a joint pay-per-view with ESPN and either Fox or Showtime on the PBC side could do 2 million. So we talked about that last week. It's ambitious. In some ways, it's ridiculous. Although the idea of bringing in Fox, using the NFL playoffs to promote it, playoffs, it is at next level. Well, Bob's not stopping there. After the win over the Schwartz, Bob says this fight, Fury Wilder 2, could break the Maypack record, which was four point six million, and then in a separate interview said, "I think it could do five million. Rafe, why ruin things? Why ruin a good thing? Two million was ambitious. If you keep saying it enough, maybe you'll convince people to believe that it is going to happen, and everyone will just go, "Well, yeah, it's going to happen. I might as well buy it because it's going to happen. Five million, Rafe." I don't know. Look, ever since ever since Nevada became a legal marijuana state, Bob has really had a few moments of of speaking some outrageous ridiculousness into the sport of boxing. And he's a great salesman. We know that a lot of it is shtick and him just sort of vamping it up. He'll say, you know, to yesterday I was lying. Today I'm telling the truth. I didn't mean five million. I meant two million. Don't take me. I'm only I'm only serious when I'm telling the truth. This, so. You got to factor a little bit of that into statements like five million. I I I don't consider that a realistic projection. That's all it's I can just, say. I mean, I I get being hopeful. I speak it, believe it, receive it. Speak it, believe it, receive it. But come on, that just it just it's like oh god. All right, that's it. Tyson Fury. That's it. What else you got? Anything May else I, on Tyson Fury? Yeah, I, I think there's one thing I feel is worth saying. You know, one of the the big talking points, and it's a real one around Tyson Fury, is his inspirational. Come back from addiction, depression, mental illness, and he speaks so openly about it and, and is really inspiring and uplifting to a lot of people who have had similar struggles. But, you know, I think a lot of us saw and, and something I, for some reason we don't we, we act like we're not supposed to talk about it because we're in the boxing media. We don't we don't we don't acknowledge these things. But like a lot of people saw on Friday uh, on on around the horn on ESPN, Israel Gutierrez, uh, who, you know, came out as openly gay member of the sports media, you know, three, four years ago. And, and he gave a really, honestly, a, move, a moving I uh, final thought after he won the days around the horn about what it's like for him to see Tyson Fury go out there, parade around talking about, uh, you know, selling himself, getting this huge star moment when he continues to basically shut down any questions about, Hey Tyson, remember that time four years ago when you said some some really heinous things, some really homophobic and and hateful things towards you know the, the gay community that was based in his religion, which he's allowed to have. But you, there's a lot of religious people who who don't go around talking like that and 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 basically 
saying that people like you, if you if that's your if that's how you were born with that sexual orientation, that's how you should then then you're an abomination. All, like the really hardcore um, religious hateful rhetoric that 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 sticks with people and, and like for for us if we're you know we're we're basically the the you know, we're we're straight do straight white dudes right and it's easy to sort of brush that off oh tyson fury he always he talks crazy stuff all the time you know who cares it's a tyson fury he, he doesn't actually mean it but like if he's actually talking about you, I think I understand how that would stick with you, how you're not just going to forget the time that he said, you know, you people like you don't belong on the earth. You're bringing on the end of times. The Armageddon is coming because of you. Shit like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think that the important thing is if Tyson Fury wants to be a, a person who talks about uplifting and helping people, that's why he needs to go back and and. Do something to right that wrong. Agreed. Give, give that community a real apology. Because on one hand, yeah, he is spreading an important message about mental health, about depression and addiction and coming back from a really, really terrible situation and show, saying that, look, anyone can do this. And that's important. And he's helping people that way. But if he cares so much about helping people and uplifting people, I think he can do that also for the people who he's hurt along the way. You know, we can make mistakes, but, but come back and make them right. Well said, Rafe. And here's the thing. Boxing is a hood sport. It's a, it's the red light district. It's this ridiculousness that sometimes we love it because it's that. But we know that if it's contained within the dome of boxing, things go on that would not be acceptable in other sports or other areas of public life. Yet, guess what? They're not trying to keep Tyson Fury in the boxing dome. As we saw on Saturday, they're trying to make him cross over to mainstream sports fans with the hope that their investment in him pays off with giant pay-per-view fights down the road. So when there are those dark skeletons in your 2019 closet and somebody on your own network is rightfully coming out and being like, hey, before we parade this guy as our hero, let's remember, I do think it's incumbent upon ESPN and Tyson Fury to do something. And that may mean a video feature. That plays up half of his mental comeback. And then in that video feature goes, look, I was a different person back then. I had some beliefs that I no longer have now. I had drugs in my life. I had some. Look, I believe personally, Rafe, people can change, right? So I'm Absolutely. cheering for the new Tyson Fury. I love the message he's putting out for mental health. But I agree with you. When he did that backstage interview before the fight and they're like, what do you hope tonight your message is? And he's like, did I give hope to, you know, and and." Some of it felt a little bit disingenuous because we know the the crazy Gypsy King who's not just ripped gays. I mean, he's ripped women. He's ripped races. He's ripped everything. I mean, there's some bad. Remember that HBO Real Sports special that sort of put out there that, you know, that this guy's wild and he's going to say whatever he wants and he doesn't care. It's different now. Boxing's going mainstream again. I like that Israel did that. I think it's up to ESPN to acknowledge that. Remember when uh, ESPN had that Barstool show and then that female reporter was like, uh, they've said really hateful things in the past. You should investigate this further. And then John Skipper pulled the pulled the uh, ripcord on that and was like, I made a mistake. I'm not saying ESPN's going to do that with Fury. I'm saying you might want to publicly be like, we're aware. But here's our response, right? Am I right, Rafe? Yeah, I, th I think that I think that's appropriate, and uh, I hope they get around to it eventually. It's just like you can. I, I, I'm. I really. I've been around. I, I sort of consider like I've, I've been a, like traveling, being able to live in different countries and stuff like that. I've seen that not everybody 
has the same uh, vision of what's appropriate, uh, the same social norms and standards across the world. I mean, for, forget about across the world. In, in any city that we live in, right? And, and, and so I'm, I think there's a lot of room for that. But when you get, when you, I think crossing the line is when you're saying things that literally, you know, that, that, that leave people hurt for long periods of time and remembering that feeling like they aren't basically debasing their humanity. You don't need to do that. You can live, we can, it's pretty easy for us to go live our lives, talk our crap, be total fools, be buffoons, act a, act a fool, do whatever without hurting other people. You know? I know. And, and Look, so, we all have problems. Let's face it. We all have problems, right? <laughs> Certainly I do. I mean, me too, Dwyer. All right, me too. By the way, uh, we talked about the Fury casual crossover, which is what this attempt was. Did you hear they had a casual fan on the broadcast on Saturday night, and they asked him about Fury? Did you see this? They brought in Alex Rodriguez. What do you make oh, of yeah. Tyson Fury? Six foot nine, two hundred and sixty-five pounds. The guy's nimble. He's athletic. It's that combination of Carl Malone and like, <laughs> and like Shaq. <laughs> Bigger than Aaron Judge, Jay Rod. One hundred percent. Couple inches. Got the girth as well. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, got wait. the girth. Yeah. Where, are we, where are we going with that? But, yeah, to, to agree with A-Rod. What... Out, of, out of the mailman, Shaq, and and uh, Aaron Judge. Well, I mean, look, you like Dwyer's told this in the past. you got to look at the whole man. He pays attention to your body from start to finish. Yeah, so Joe Tess did right there. He saw the whole – yeah, but like, to agree with A-Rod, when I think of Tyson Fury, I think Carl Malone – Jack, Jack. Kilo, yeah, I mean, Anthony Hardaway, maybe not the best actor, though, but I think of him, too. But let me tell you who's not going to give Tyson Fury trouble. And that's Schwartz. True, true. Right. First, let me say I've seen bad acting before. I, I remember watching a movie called Blue Chips years ago, and I just couldn't believe how bad an actor Anthony Hardaway was. Come on, Dwyer. Live worthy. Only I could tell Hardaway was actually trying to act. Well, let me just say, some of the worst acting I've seen in my life was Schwartz flopping. All right, all right, enough of that. But yeah, how about that? How about that? I I got so many disrespectful. How are you going to slander the great Penny Hardaway? Come on, Dwyer. Get out of here with that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Blue Chips in a while. That, that'd be a fun go back. Neon Badeau. I mean, remember that that like nine foot rim that he was like dunking on in that indoor gym? It's awesome just... when they when they go when they're like going through the bayou and yeah. they walk. All of a sudden they're in like a gym inside a church and oh man, Neon's just in there, boom, banging it on people. Now Dwyer <laughs> may not like the performance of uh, of Anthony Hardaway in that, but uh, Al Bundy. I favored the Russian in that. He did well as that as that reporter. That's like, well, it's, if I, if I don't ask you this, I'm not doing my job, Nick Nolte. You know what I mean? Good movie in in retrospect. Very rewatchable. We should do a podcast on it. Call it the uh, what? Recrappables? Is that what you you had a good idea? Well, I mean, that's 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 when we're recrapping on uh, on various fights that we've seen over the years. Yes. All right. Quick run through this undercard. Uh, this Jesse Hart Sullivan Badada. Light heavyweight bout was a slop fest. It was a brawl. There was a lot of holding. And again, I got a lot of disrespect. A lot of Jay Nady. Holy crap. I had a lot of casuals tweeting at me going, you know, rest, wrestling fans of mine going, uh, what is going on with the, this ref? I'm like, well, welcome to the Jay Nady experience. I mean, like, this is how he lives. Wow, Rafe. This was a, uh, it was entertaining theater, this slop fest, though. It was a decision win for Jesse Hardy. He didn't look bad. He didn't look bad. 
He didn't look bad. He didn't. I don't. I don't consider him a a real threat to any of the top light heavyweights. But he'd be a, a credible opponent against any of them, and would make a good fight. And Hart, you know, he 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 comes to win. He's going to try. I think that the other guys are sharper, a little bit better, and and probably could. And most of them, I think, would knock him out eventually. But um, he's he's he definitely. He's earning. He's earning a shot, I think, and uh, and they have so many good 175 pounders uh, in that top rank stable available to fight on ESPN and ESPN Plus. That yo, I'd like to see it. Let's throw them in there. Give them, give them, give them a nice fight. Did you see though? To, to, to not you know to say what needs to be said. Uh, ESPN all ripped them afterwards. Both Tim Bradley and Andre Ward were like, "Hey, that's a win for Hart." But look, you got to be better than that. I think they're right. They, they, they are right, and. Um, that was a good case of the analysts being able to sort of step out of the, the, the cheerleader role that, that sometimes today's boxing broadcasts fall into and just analyze a fight and be like, look, he's winning, he's fighting hard, but he's also doing stuff that other guys are going to really make him pay for. So those, those wild, I mean, those were some wild uppercuts from across the ring that he threw i don't know was in the seventh or eighth round just came out of nowhere doing it's like what are you thinking man where what where, what happened yeah don't let the smooth taste fool you uh 37 year old sullivan Pereira, should he finish it depends on what kind of opportunities he's got he looks he had the look in that fight of a um you know of a, of, of a of a guy who knows he's a contender you know one of those fighters who has been around has had a few shots didn't come through and now he's taken the opportunities that come to him for paydays, but it doesn't look like he really goes in there expecting to win. He's going to perform, take care, you know, be cautious, not get too hurt. I'm over him, Rafe. I'm over him. I so mean, he did I. take some violence and come back. He could have just folded, but yeah, I was over it. Uh, are you over Michaela Mayer's decision win over Lizbeth Crespo and ESPN2 pushing her like – look – Mayer's a good interview. She's a good personality. I love her story. She is a good technical boxer. Something's missing, though, in the overall Michaela Mayer experience. To push her this hard, like, not a big power puncher, good boxer, but I'm not getting the feeling when I'm watching her that she's a future star from a talent standpoint. She's good. I'm not getting the feeling that she's great. What did you think of watching that fight, Rafe? Well, I, criticizing her power, sure, but how many? Not, we haven't seen any, really, any of the top stars in in women's boxing get a lot of knockouts, right? I mean, even Clarissa Shields isn't knocking people out. Neither is Katie Taylor. So, unless Ann Wolf is coming back to save women's boxing, well, I'm not saying it's all. It's knockout or nothing. I'm not saying it's knockout or nothing. I'm just saying I feel like something's missing. And yeah, it ain't that exciting. Yeah, I guess that's it. All right. Is the long-term play her and Katie Taylor? They're close enough in weight, right? Katie Taylor would have to move up a bit for that. I'm not sure the weight class is on that. Katie Taylor's what, a lightweight? Yeah. I think they're close, Rafe. I think they're right there. Maybe that's the long-term play. I could get behind that fight eventually, right? Yeah, assuming that you know Katie Taylor can can finish finish that unfinished business with the the Belgian policewoman Delphine Pursuin coming to maul that f out of her yeah i was in your ass because that's how gangster i am uh let's get into the portion of the weekend rafe that popped us the most oh yeah wow we did a full hour on tyson fury mm-hmm. but this is really what i want to do the full hour on the second time wow what a weekend for your division when we're cruising together. 
time when I didn't care at all about cruiserweights, when you would come on this show and be like, BC, WBSS, get fired up. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. It would be the equivalent of me being like, hey, Rafe, this Saturday, there's going to be the best wrestling match ever. Kenny Omega, Kazuchika Okada 5 from Japan. Bro, you got to watch it. And you might humor me and be like, all right, you're telling me this will be the best ever in this genre. All right, maybe I'll find a highlight. Like, you would humor me. Rafe, I was quasi-humoring you during the early launch of the first WBSS. Like, all right, how fun could these guys really be? Some European guy? Like, whatever. Rafe, the first WBSS pulled me in. But even this past week on this show, when you're telling me, oh, let's do it, I'm still pandering to you. I'm still teasing you. I'm still saying, yes, let's cruise together this weekend. I care. I really don't care. They got me to care, brother. I can- Rafe, you know what kind of party I like? Well, Cali party. I, I, actually, I said that as a joke. Could I last at a Cali party? No. All right. If Eddie Hearn can't last at a, at a Cali party, you, we want no parts of Eyes that. We want closed. a Parker party. Eyes wide shut hard, Rafe. Real hard. Um, But, for example, the kind of sloptoberfest that we saw in the Myra's Brightest fight this weekend, that's my kind of party, brother. Shout out to Robert Bird for having one of the worst nights in refereeing history that made one of the best fights I've ever seen of just ridiculousness and Wow. Wow. But as a whole, Rafe, including that whatever that cloud TV stream you sent me from from Russia with with uh, the Russian hammer. What a weekend for your division. Let me not steal the thunder. Let me put the ball back in your hands. Thank you for making me care about the cruisers. Thank you, man. I'm glad somebody got the score right. Um, what, where, where do we start, man? Look, my, I, I, let's start with. With the, the fight of the weekend, which was from Ekaterinburg, Russia, with Sergei Kovalev sitting ringside enjoying the show. Ilunga Makabu, not Makabi. That well our, our boy our boy Raskin did tell us that he was an all uh Maccabi games tennis champion back in the day. I had no idea about our friend right there, Eric Raskin. Yeah, so. I, I guess now I have so many disrespectful things to say about the Maccabi games. <laughs> <laughs> Tennis championships, and even in doubles. Come on, guys. Um, but, yeah, Makabu, fifth round, brutal stoppage over the Russian hammer, Dmitry Kudryashov. That was a brawl, Ray, brother. you sent oh. me that via text. I watched that video on the throne. I was dropping a deuce. Rafe, I didn't get off the throne until I watched the whole thing. Rafe, that was a, that was like a barroom brawl and a half. That was awesome. Yeah, they were throwing some 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 bombs. Oh my, that second round. I was dropping a... bombs while they were landing them, Rafe. Oh man, that's nasty. Um, you know, I'm tired right. of getting the taste of. I want the whole load. Not that load. Not no, no loads. No, 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 no. These are all. I don't know. Oh boy, who? Um, that second round, Brian, where they almost have the double knockdown, where Makabu lands his overhand left at the same time as. Kudryashov lands his just mammoth left hook, and Kudryashov goes down along the ropes. Makabu stumbles, looks, doesn't. It seems like he, he he doesn't know that he 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 got he caught Kudryashov that well, 
and he stumbles, looks over, sees that he got the knockdown. He kind of pops up, and before he goes down and runs over to the corner, and then fights the rest of the round. You can see Makabu's legs are still a little wobbly from that shot, but he goes in and he's trying to get the get the finish, both of them. Oh, and then he he didn't even get awarded a, a second knockdown that I think he deserved at the end of that round when he 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 basically knocked Kujashov down into the ropes right at the bell. That I mean, just the action in that fight, and then. It, he just poured it on the rest of the fight. Kudrashov had some moments where you could tell, I mean, he's so heavy-handed, he would, anytime he would catch Makabu, Makabu would sort of, he was making, he was scrunching up his face like, ooh, ooh, that hurt, ugh. You know, like, I'm going to have to bite down on this one to finish. But he just was, uh, you know, faster hands, better boxing I didn't technique. think he had it in him. They were both bloodied, and to see the Makabu games come out the win, Rafe, I didn't know Danny Makabu had a stick like that. I didn't know he had that kind of, pa- who else in boxing is going to give you that kind of package? Rafe, I didn't know he had the balls to walk into enemy territory, walk down the Russian hammer, and knock him the hell out. Give him the throat slash gesture after the second round. That was awesome, man. He looks back, the bell rings, he looks back at him, and he's just snarling, and he's like, I'm going to cut you, I'm, you're done, man, you're done. Yeah, he was basically like, Hey, player, you've been, you know, having my name in your mouth. Here I am now. How you like let's it? have at it. Yeah, let's have let's it. Let's have at it. Let's have at it, player. But did it Look. spoil it at all that that stoppage was bad, that the Russian hammer had more <laughs> fight to give? Holy, Brian, what is wrong with you? What kind of disgusting degenerate are you when you're sitting there on the throne? <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I need three more minutes of this. <laughs> I mean, he was... Kudrashov had taken so many heavy shots, was was just looking brutal in there. He was so bloody. He looked like he looked like some of those old Ric Flair blading scenes from from WW. Well, it wasn't even WWF, was it? Would have no, been it was, uh, uh, or NWA before it became WWA? WCW. Yeah. My God. In any case, he looked. I mean, he, there was so much blood. He. Could he have gone on? Yeah, he probably could have fought yeah. on. And, and this is Russia, with him, right? With, yeah, with him, he's also the type who he's never out of a fight because he is just going to keep punching. And one of those shots could just turn the whole thing around and, and one shot KO someone. But, man, I, I didn't have any problem with the stoppage. That was a that was like carnage-level stuff. How is the zone not televising that fight, Rafe? I, I don't know. I There's mean, so yeah, much. I mean, you're going to find out this weekend when we play Do You Care. There's so much bad televised boxing. How is that not on a damn channel? That's, and that one is not a hard, great fight to spot. It was The two guys, I think, have won every, all of their wins except one. Their combined 50 wins were by, like, were by knockout. They're, they are very high level. Makabu's only loss was to Tony Bellew. By the way, that is now... My biggest question coming out of this fight. How the hell did that guy who took some heavy, heavy shots and never went down from Kudrashov, how did he get one shot slept, slumped on the ropes by Bomber Bellew? What does, oh my God, was Tony, was that, was Tony's left hook that much of a weapon? Yeah, Tony has I mean, I know it was good, but come on. Part of me is like, you wait a minute. How did you take all these shots against the Russian Hammer and you and you and and that one and you and you what what happened? I will say this. I never thought Tony was a big picture, big puncher at light heavyweight, and then to see him like start to one shot dudes at cruiser and heavy that did shock me. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I wonder. I wonder some of the ridiculousness in boxing. But anyway, Maca- So this was a yeah. I, I, back to the, the, the televised question here. 
this was not this was an easy one to see, even though I guess it was hard to spot on the schedule because it kept changing because we didn't know who was fighting who until last like right before the fight. But once it was on there, why not just give up a call and get some international rights? That it's usually a pretty cheap deal. You can throw it on an app, stream it. ESPN Plus, DAZN, they do it for all these other these MTK fights in Dubai, all over the world. You know, they, they were there were three fights on set. Three, they were there were two international cards on ESPN Plus over the weekend. Besides the ESPN Plus Tyson Fury card, you had the Warrington Galahad fight in the UK. You had the Maloney brothers fighting jobbers out in out in uh, Australia. You're telling me someone couldn't have cut a deal just to throw that off the fight of the weekend onto U.S. television? That, that's that's a crime, brother. Amateurs, fools, idiots. When they try to insult you, yeah, what's dude. that about? Yeah, what's that about? Revisit. I mean, there'd be more in his favorites folder, but uh, yeah, what a win for Makabu. I need to see more of him, but that wasn't the one. Even though that was the best cruiserweight fight of the weekend, it wasn't the one that got the most Twitter traffic. Holy cow, rave in the zone, brother! Man, look, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I understand your enthusiasm for just a, a classic, ridiculous. Just like everything goes wrong, boxing chaos match between Myris Briedis fighting at home in Riga, Latvia against uh, Christoph Glowaski from Poland. Let's pause but, it right here. If you have not yeah. seen this fight, all right, go activate the zone. Watch this right now. As the kids would say, the value on the zone is thick. In fact, it's. This fight was lit from the idea of all... The only thing that could have topped this was Fan Man flying in. Pause the podcast right now. Go watch it. And now be ready for Rafe's analysis. Go ahead, Rafe. So let's set... Yeah, we can set the table here. For, For starters, somehow, somehow, the one and only adolescent Adelaide Bird was approved to judge this fight. How does this happen in a a title fight? Just because it's Latvia? I mean... Guys, yeah, man, it ain't. Uh, let, this is not right. And of course, the, it, 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 she had her thunder stolen by her her spouse, her significant other, the one and only Robert Bird, who was refereeing the fight, and did about as bad a job as we've seen refereeing a fight in forever. He pulled the uh, what was it, the Pat Russell, the not hearing the ring. Yes, and- <laughs> Rafe. Here's the thing, Robert Bird. Not my favorite referee. I'm a big Michael Griffin fan. But Robert Bird, I always thought, was the best big fight referee. And I know Kenny Bayless always gets the glossiest jobs. But I think Kenny Bayless breaks people up too early. Robert Bird lets ish happen. and Because, because he nev- he's too old to get in between the ish, No, well, he never he panics like- in the big moments. So he never usually has ridiculousness because if he needs to step in, he steps in. And what is he, like a former Marine or something? Former something. There's no such thing as a former Marine. Yeah, you're right. right. There, he has some high-level something, whether it's military or police work, high up. He's also, by the way, a the security first... guard at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in his in his retired day job. Um, but basically, he had the worst night in the history of refereeing. You talk about a Pat Russell moment, Rafe. You talk about not hearing the bell. He allowed the end of that round to go on for another like 30 seconds as the two guys were brawling, and then Golwatsky gets dropped. 
And then he starts administering a count. Rafe, the round had been over for like 30 seconds. You can see the, 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 the timekeeper on the other side of the ring on the zone broadcast just waving like, hey, you, referee, wake up. What's happening? And then he looks back and he sees her waving. And he's like, oh, if, oh, you want me to wave it off? And he's starting to say, oh, fight, that's it. He, he almost calls the fight off, then pretends that never happened. And that wasn't even the beginning of the shenanigans in round two of that fight, which began with a little clinch. And Christoph Glowaski started it. He started it, but boy, he did not finish it. Glowaski <laughs> threw a egregious, very dangerous rabbit punch. Like, there is the rabbit punch when the two guys are, are sort of standing up straight and both clinched, and they're just so, and one guy is just sort of ta- like pounding, tapping on the back, uh, you know, from behind. And that, that's not good. You shouldn't do that either. No, but no, this no, wasn't that. No, no. This was he bent Briatus over and threw like an overhand left to the back of his head. Briatus, I think... Some retaliation was probably uh, fair in that case. However, his retaliation was serious. He immediately threw a nasty elbow. Like a spinning back elbow like from MMA. Yeah, like right dead in the jaw. Like his, some tactically, you know, Briatus is a is some sort of SWAT team member in Latvia, and he's got he got all kinds of army training and weird designations they give him 15 stars and stuff every between every fight well whatever whatever tactical training he has he used it on that elbow and caught Glowaski right in the jaw Glowaski kind of pulled a pulled a little bit of a delayed reaction oh what are we listening to here oh wow my Jesus my goodness gracious my gosh that's inappropriate to say that's assault you guys yeah inappropriate to say the least that elbow and what did, did you think that Glowaski tried to sell it a little bit with the delayed reaction? I mean, I don't, I don't. That's, I hate to say that because that was a flush, nasty <laughs> elbow, to, like that might have, like could have broken his jaw. So let's recap there. Uh, <laughs> Brightus is the hometown fighter in the boxing hotbed of Latvia, Riga, Latvia, and he doesn't even get a point taken away. Right? No warning. This was the equivalent of of. The, uh, what was it, the 87 Eastern Conference semifinals when the uh, Pistons and Celtics were playing and Robert Parrish, like, let out that three-piece on Bill Lane Beer and just, like, mauled him and they yeah. didn't even call a foul? I mean, it's up there with the forearm shiver that J.R. Reed hit A.C. Green with, yes. knocked some teeth out, and ended A.C. Green's Iron Man streak of playing the most consecutive games in but the did NBA. did not end his Iron Man streak of uh, celibacy. That's, well, he, he, he truly is an Iron Man for that streak. Yes. Uh. Wow, Rafe. Wow. And, and then, then he, and then they were, then they actually did some fighting between that. And it was a freaking moments. brawl, Rafe. It was amazing. <laughs> Briatus caught after the after the after the elbow. What Briatus caught Glowaski with a right, stumbled him, ended up getting a legit knockdown. Then we they fight to the end. It's a real brawl. The bell is ringing. Bird can't hear the bell. And it, and because of that, they keep fighting. And Briatus gets another knockdown, which we already mentioned. But that changes the fight, right? Any, I think at that point, any chance Glowaski has of recovering from that first knockdown, it's kind of, oh, he goes back to, the, he goes back to his corner after they finally manage to finish the round, looking like, what the, where the hell am I? I mean, he was done. Yeah, this was some. This would make Lawrence Cole, Texas, forever proud. This was some of the worst refing ever, Rafe. And what does it end with? A, a stop, it ends with a stoppage a couple rounds later. 
Like next round, like a minute later, bring you know they 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 they're brawling a little bit. Glowaski does you know Glowaski we've seen him when when Marco Hook in the first time we seen him in American soil. Look, Hook knocks him down. Glowaski got up, got right back up, and boom, knocked knocked Hook down. He came out firing like he does when he's hurt and was dangerous. But eventually, Briatus caught him, and he look Briatus. This, it's a little bit hard to judge the fight because there was it, it, there was so many weird things going on. So the performance is is a little bit murky in terms of what to take from it. It was but, raw dog. He gave him the raw dog. Right? I mean, it was. Yeah, also looked good. That was the guy. That was more like the guy that pushed that one shot KO'd Manuel Char way back in the day at heavyweight. Yes. Imagine that in in a, in some version of the universe, Myers Briatus deserves a. a Terrible share of some awful alphabet heavyweight title right now uh, for his win over Manuel Char. Well, anyway, Glowatsky that was the Briatus with tons of punching power in that right hand who had hand issues and looked bad in his last two fights. Most people thought that he got he 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 got he got a robbery decision in his favor in the opening round of the WBSS out in Chicago. So to see him looking good, looking sharp, hurting guys with that right hand again does make me excited for this final which he's going into now Hold against thought. KO uh, Doctor. Go ahead. Golaski obviously upset afterwards. His team's going to file a protest, which they should. And through a translator, they talked to him afterwards about how his disgust with Robert Bird. Now, now he's basically saying that the referee stopped the fight because, they, you know, they have gambling problems. And he told the commission that uh, the referee was a gambler. All right. Well, there's that, Rafe, you know. Well, what do you th- what do you think? I mean, how often do these protests work out? Do you think that he's going? They, they will rule this in no contest. I feel like the WBSS, they need the show to roll on. They may, maybe they won't. Award, maybe the sanctioning body won't award a belt because of the outcome, but they'll they'll leave it be so the so so the tournament can go on. They should rematch. I think he should get a rematch. I think that fight was so absurdly ridiculous that he should get a rematch. You know what? You're right, Brian. I want the show to go on. I'm I, I care for the WBSS, but the integrity of the sport is greater than that. Let's let's not rush into it. That w- it would be a great fight again. That that is the the besides us all of our giddy jokes about what a ridiculous fight and how fun it was to watch. There is an argument that we might have been robbed of a, of an actually great fight between those guys if the action had heated up and they had really gone back and forth. Because of all of the bad refereeing and the miscommunications and everything that went on with that, we didn't get to see Glowaski and Briatus really compete in a normal fight. And that could have been a fight we would have been even more excited about than the Bird family circus. It sucks that, uh, and obviously we can't blame Adolescent Bird in this, but Adolescent Bird will probably forever have bad headlines and a cloud hanging over her. And now that has been passed on to her husband. The fluids have been exchanged, Rafe, is really where I'm going with this. Robert Byrd will now be infamous from this. How can you not, Rafe? Well, the good thing is that it happened in Latvia, and only hardcore saw it on zone. So I expect to see him uh, refing big fights in Vegas uh, <laughs> within a month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in that co-main event, you mentioned it, Unier... Cool Ranch, Dordico. So now he's got, it's Uniel, right? I mean, he had it on, it was written on his shirt with an L. And it, before it had been Yunier, Junior, kind of like Junior. Now it's Yuniel. You're telling uh, me to take Nordico. the L. You're telling me to take the L, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll take yeah. that L. Yeah. Take that, take um, that, take he that. faced Mayweather <laughs> Promotions guy Andrew Tabidi, and he sent him to the deep dark depths in a oh, beautiful man. short right hand on the chin, 
as Tabidi was coming in, and now Tabidi's coming out, Rafe. Oh, my God. And you know what? Tabidi had spoiled and held so much. Got one point deducted for holding in that fight. Um, and was look, maybe that was his best way to, to win against an obviously very dangerous puncher in Dorticos. Um, counterpunching, moving, spoiling. But he was... I, I, by the time that KO came, I was very happy with it. I was like, yes, yes, go to hell, stay there. Uh, it, it's the first loss for uh, Tabidi. We had never seen, you know, we'd seen him get a decision against Steve Cunningham, knockout faded uh, Latif Coyote, but this was the first find out if he's for real. And look, he was aggressive. He 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 walked into hell. Welcome. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, it. But man, how good that, is this door to coast brightest? If they if things stay the way they are. Is that the final? That's the final or the semis? That would be the final. That would be for the Woo! Alexander Usyk Trophy, um, if if they if that goes through. And man, will that be fun? Because Briedis, he will box. He will he will fight a little more conservatively. But Dordikos is not going to show him that. He he that almost to his I think detriment. Dordikos comes in, <clears throat> fights in such a macho style, being like, look. This I my my right hand here my 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 overhand right my straight right this cross will knock you out and I'm just going to throw it at you nonstop I'm not going to try anything else because I don't care you don't deserve another you don't deserve my hook you don't deserve my uppercut I will just I will range find with my jab and left right good night bang and he can do and so that's going to bring the brawl out of Briatus I think I think this is going to be magic Brian and oh. also. There's a big reach issue here where Dordikos has super long arm. I mean, he's like Stacy Augman out there. He's plastic oh, wow. man. Wow, plastic man. I love that. Yeah. 80 inch, 80 inch reach. Almost almost Tyson Fury. Like I think Fury is 85, Dordikos is 80. So he he that guy got some length on him. He's got some go-go gadget action on those arms. And Briatus is a very compact cruiserweight. So it, the the distance battle is going to be interesting, but I man, it's going I think that's magic, Brian. I mean, they're going to pump it more than once. I'm going to pump it more than once watching. And the thing about the cruiserweights, which is you you got me to come around, around, not not just come. You got me to come around. You got me to reach around, Rafe. And what I have to understand is is T Street would love this because every top name cruiserweight fights with balls. Inside that big scrotum, scrotum, is huge, huge testicles. He's got real big balls. Rafe, they fight with massive testicles. They go for it, Rafe, every single time. Ball All sack right, of the I year. Have, it, it is, it is, it is the, the, the division should, the, they should just change it to the ball sack division. I'm with that. I'm with that. Yeah, like, yeah. I'll, I'll pump it to that. All right. All right. right. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, this is, tell me if I'm crazy here. Tell me if I need to pour a little water on my ball sack to cool them down. I think that the WBSS, the World Boxing Super Series, should just always have a cruiserweight tournament running. Because these guys are never going to be that famous that they get picked off and put into to big fights on the U.S. networks, or the top guys will, the Usyk's, the, the, guy, the winner probably will. But the, there's the, the division is deep and fun and talented, and it seems like these guys will always be available for the kind of money that the, the WBSS can offer, and the fights are great. Run it right back. I don't care if you just did it twice in a row and people are like, what about the other divisions? No, run it back. Why don't you do a year-long? Get year Macabu long? in there. Get, get, 
get the South South African Kevin Lorena in there. Get get whoa, let's whoa, let whoa. keep it going. Yeah, I go deep, brother. No. I go deep. Even Roman Golovashchenko. No, he's not that good. But I'm saying you 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 re up with some of the guys who who are sticking around in the division, and you add in some of the guys who haven't fought in it. Maybe maybe see if Dennis Lebedev can be dragged in one more time. Guillermo maybe, Jones. Yeah, oh my god, Guillermo Jones, let him juice. Get you know, maybe maybe you also bring in um who's the uh, oh shoot. Um the late O'Neill uh, Bell, was that where you're going? Oh, I was thinking maybe uh Chakiev. Wow. Yeah. Ruslan or I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Some Thailand guy. Maybe just many ma- maybe make a like a law, a bigger tournament. Maybe do like sixteen cruisers. Sixty four. Sixty four. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, real quick, Josh Warrington uh, edges out Kid Galahad to defend a title at 126. I didn't watch it, Rafe. All right. I, I'm always honest with the people. I do only have so many hours per weekend. It was Father's Day. My wife turned 40 on the same day. It's a, it was a big weekend in the Campbell household. That was a draw in some people's households. Hey, that wasn't a draw in the Dwyer household. Wasn't a, wasn't a weekend in the Campbell household that was able to watch Josh Warrington. Did you? I did. It was a disgusting fight. Um, Warrington did not look great. Galahad fought a, a very smart but spoiling fight. A lot of holding, good pot shotting, landed landed clean punches. Had a real case to win. A lot of the a lot of the 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 purists and the hardcores whose opinions I really ex- respect scored it for Galahad. Um, instead, Warrington got the split decision win, which. I think is you can't it would not quite call you you wouldn't call it a robbery and you kind of understand it. he's fighting at home he is the champion and and I guess I am generally not a oh, you got to beat the champion to get the you you really got to beat the champion to get the belt I think if you if you win a, if you win clean and deserve a decision then you you deserve the belt in those situations you only you don't get many shots at that so if you have the night of your life and you and it's a close win you should get a close win. In this one, it, it was such a negative fight from Kid Galahad with so much holding that a la Sergio I, Mora versus Shane Mosley. Oh, I, I look, I, I, I would not criticize Sergio Mora the way that Jim Lampley did, and Sergio Mora has never forgiven him for. <laughs> and no, that was an ugly fight too. Yeah, it was it was that kind of ugly fight? A lot of holding, neither guy getting off much, um, and so it, it, it's. It is what it is. I would not. I, I wouldn't revisit that collaboration. All right, real quick on the uh, latest news that over the past week, Rafe, uh, Derek Chisora and Arthur Spilka, July twentieth in London. You in for that kind of heavy slop? Yeah, why not? All right, I love that. I love me some Arthur Spilka. I mean, he's a little washy now, but uh, you know, I'm in on it. I do have him on my soundboard. Here it is. I'm gonna kick his ass. Remember, remember, champ. I'm gonna kick your ass. Uh, Clarissa Shields, Rafe, talking about women's boxing. Gonna move. Uh, this is where I like Clarissa because she dares to be great at all times. She's going to move down to 154 pounds, fight for a vacant title against former welterweight title holder Ivana Habazin, and it's going to be on Showtime special event uh, from Flint, Michigan, Clarissa's hometown. I think it's in August. I don't have the date in front of me, but the whole point here is, Rafe, she's trying to become the fastest fighter, male or female, in boxing history to Three titles in three divisions, besting Lomachenko's record of having done it in 12 fights. This would be her 10th pro fight. Do you respect game? I think I, I, the thing I like about it is it's getting it sort of makes the idea of her fighting Cecilia Bracus a little more likely because Bracus is at welterweight. It's hard to imagine her going all the way up to middleweight for to fight Clarissa Shields. But that but 
shield showing she can go down to 154 just makes it uh, makes it easier to add pressure to 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 that fight to make it happen and that would be one of the probably the biggest fight you could make right now in women's boxing yes. um break is pound for pound queen has all four welterweight belts you know we don't need to compare clarissa shields accomplishments to what to to accomplishments in in men's boxing because it just doesn't make sense they're they, they're not competing in the same field is it so what if she beats lomachenko to that record who you know name one Name one woman she beat better than Chris Algieri or whoever the, oh, Chris, the Christina Algieri. No, we don't know who any of these titles are, Brian. So, you know, why are you going to act like it's more of an accomplishment? They're just separate accomplishments. All right, I we can. Don't can do it. Oh, damn you! <laughs> damn you! You walk me into it every week. All right, I'm just trying to be honest here. Basically, what Rafe is saying is, until she makes me a sandwich, I'm not going to let her vote. That's Never. like no, you yeah. are. Oh. Wow. Stop that crap. That is not allowable. Suffering, suffrage, suckitude. Wow. All right, Rafe. Uh, also this weekend, the Bare Knuckle Bonanza in Tampa, Florida. Former two-division world champion Pauly the Magic Man Malinaji settling this grudge match against Conor McGregor sparring partner Artem the Goat Lobov. Uh, recent Pauly quotes in the past week are the fight ends with Lobov's face falling off. And Pauly told MMAfighting.com, I think of it like this. Thank God that this MMA fan base is so effing stupid that they have actually made this fight possible. A fight this easy is a main event. That's how I look at it. Rafe, you gonna you gonna find a stream for this? You gonna buy the pay per view? I don't want to encourage anything negative here. What are you doing? I I I I don't. I may watch it. I'm curious. I you know it's got me. It's tickling. It's tickling the my my nether regions just a little bit I, the the freak show aspect of it has me activated i might it might be something where i wait for some highlights go back and watch it after the fact but i'm close brian and you the, 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 you know what the what the real sweetener in this deal for me is you know who it is on the undercard Oh my God! This ain't Berto. Randall <laughs> ain't Bailey. Berto. Randall Bailey. Somebody signed up Randall Bailey for a bare knuckle fight. Good God! Somebody's going Somebody to hell. Somebody signed up to fight Randall <laughs> Bailey in a bare knuckle <laughs> fight. Good Lord! Wow. Who is that individual? Probably some Midwestern MMA guy who's like, "Yeah, I'll take the paycheck." Does he know? Did they inform him? Did they show him tape? Does he? Did Mike? Did did Mike Jones speak to him before oh, this? Wow. Need, get Mike Jones on the horn. He needs to. He needs to know. Bailey is going to be 45 in September. He's 46 and nine. He last fought, by the way. Do you know who he last fought in 2016? Was it uh, Jeff Horn? Yes, he got he got stopped and retired. Then he went on to uh, was he fighting in like South Korea or something for a while? He had like signed yeah. a contract with a promoter there. He sent some guy to hell in 2015. Oh, that was a while ago. Okay. Yeah, wow. He was involved in um, maybe, maybe the most boring fight I ever covered from ringside on the night the Barclays Center opened in 2012 when oh, Devin Alexander took his IBF welterweight title. Wow. Um, so back to Paulie real quick. Uh, we've talked about it ad nauseum in the past. He's a minus 280 favorite. How does this end? I, I have no clue. I guess you, you've seen this Lobov guy fight. Yeah, before. this is more is of it? an MMA thing than a boxing thing. Lobov can take a punch. That's the, really the best thing you can say about him. It's going to get ugly with cuts. I guess I have to believe Paulie's going to win a decision because I know Lobov is tough and he's going to get his face ripped apart. But I, I hope for Paulie's sake that he doesn't get pulled into some kind of fight that's beneath him. Now, you can argue him signing this up for this is. is already beneath him. But, like, if Paulie has to get dragged through hell to win this, 
because this guy's just so tough and Paulie can't finish him. It's going to be gross, Rafe. I hope. Wow. All right. That sounds pretty gross. Does it? Does it? Does it get Paulie closer, in your opinion, to the fight he really wants? Finally, his date with Connor. No. Release the tape, Brian. No. Release it. No, it doesn't. Unfortunately. All right. So that's that. Uh, it's time to play, Rafe. It's a weird weekend this weekend. Are you ready? For I do am you ready. Care? I am with weekend you, Brian. Preview. All right. This Wednesday, Rafe, in Chiba, Japan, and streaming live on UFC Fight Pass, it's a title bout in the main event. Aston Palikte versus Kazuto Aoka. 12 rounds for the vacant WBO Junior Bantamweight title. Do you care? I care. Why? Because there's Pinoy Pride on the line here? Pinoy Pride on the line. Also, that Aoka is one of those really good little fighters who we should care about. He's not one of these Thailand guys who is decent, but you watch, and you're like, I didn't really need to watch this. Ioka is one of those guys who you sort of do need to watch. All right, co-main event, Hiroto Kayoguchi versus Tanawat Nakun for Kayoguchi's WBA junior flyweight title. Rafe, this is far down the food I, chain. I do not care. I cannot tell you. All right, in the opener, uh, Casey Morton will take on Mio Yoshida for the vacant WBO women's junior bantamweight title. All in, baby, all in. All right, all right. Uh, Thursday in Atlantic City, this is a Facebook watch stream. Who's promoting this? Demetrius Ballard versus Elias Espadas, 10 rounds middleweights. Rafe, this doesn't count, right? I don't know, man. Where is that? I don't know. Atlantic City? I don't know. Oh, all right. Maybe uh, Cornflake Lamana is on the undercard. Maybe Rafe. Uh, Friday. Oh, don't 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 tempt me, man. I'm getting excited now. Friday in Belfast, Northern Ireland. This is an ESPN Plus, probably an MTK Global presentation. Tyrone McKenna versus Darag Foley, Junior Welter. Wait, Freitas, what is happening right here? Ooh, wow. I like the McKenna brothers. They're weird. These is they're very like they look like they're 12 years old. They're Irish. They're training in, in Indio for some reason. He, Aaron McKenna, the brother, is the one who randomly got Kendrick Lamar to show up at a at a Nico Macias, Jesus Soto Caras fight last year. But I, I don't really care. Uh, Friday in Indio, California, Rafe, your backyard. And in the zone, a service I have, it's a title fight rematch that I think we should care about. Andrew Cancio versus Alberto Machado for the WBA regular junior lightweight title. Cancio still holds down a day job, was like doing the press conference calls on his break from work, wherever he is on the uh, the plaster of the local council. That first fight was fun. How much do you care the second time around? I definitely care the second time around. I want the the Andrew Cancio story to continue on, to keep going. That ch- I, I hope that what we saw against Machado last year was not a fluke, was not just a flat or at the beginning of this year, uh, was not was not just a flash in the pan. And it may be, maybe not. I don't. I mean, it, it's hard to tell. Uh, but man, it, it's such a great story. I hope that if Cancio does win, he will devote himself full-time to boxing because he can make a lot more money in the sport if he does that. But still, what a great story. What a, what a fun guy to root for. And I'm also hoping, if you remember, it was a, it was a little boxing Twitter moment, the, the, the Blythe, California, where he's from, which is all the way out there on the border with Arizona in the desert. The Blythe, California crowd that showed up to cheer him on was absolutely lit like shirts off guy just just sloppy fun um i i hope that they come out to support their guy and i, I kind of i will be rooting for him to uh to hold on to that title i'm not moved by the co-main angel acosta 
defending his WBO junior flyweight title against Elwin Soto. Rafe, why do we why do we speak this? I don't believe it. I don't want to receive it. Yeah, I, I'm with you, brother. All right, Friday in London, in the zone, Rafe. Connor Ben, the 22 year old Brit, will face Juicy Colula welterweight main event. This is a zone televised main event, Rafe. That man's name is actually Juicy. I like. I'm in. I'm. I'm I care. All right. Uh, you know, birthdays was the what worst. If, what if Juicy shoots his load in that fight? But come on. I thought the zone was gonna hit us between the eyes with some great fights. Thank you, Rich. Uh, in the cold main, though, Ted Cheeseman is back. Rafe coming off his first defeat. He's gonna defend his British junior middleweight title against Kieran Conway. Wait. Ted Cheeseman is defending a title? He just lost. Yeah, I guess it wasn't on the line. You know how the Brits do. There's Commonwealth Holy titles. Crap. There's British titles. I don't I don't know. Oh, wait, are you in on Connor Ben, the 22-year-old destroyer, the son of Nigel? You're not, no. Not yet? No, okay, okay. I've seen him. No. All right, that is that. Cheeseman, yeah, whatever. All right, Friday night, here is what you are here for this weekend, Ray. Yes, sir. This is yes, what sir. moves your needle. The man who puts fun in Fundora from Sloan, Iowa. It's a showbox triple header. Headlined by six foot seven junior middleweight Sebastian Fundora against Hector Zapeda. The towering inferno, Sebastian Fundora. I love that guy. I this is uh, it should be I don't know a whole lot about Zapeda, but we know showbox matchmaking, and that usually means yes. this is going to be a real test, which we haven't really seen for Fundora yet. And just looking at the dimensions of him, it's you you just cannot escape the thought that some he's going to step up and someone is going someone is going to hit him with a body shot that goes straight through his body um and but at the same time the guy fights like a tough tough gang member he's got some jeff horn in him and i mean that in the most respectful way he he goes in there to he likes to fight inside he he you know he he looks for knockouts he's not he doesn't really fight like a big man which again not a great idea when you have that kind of frame but shoot it's working so far and he's had some fun highlight reel knockouts i i want i'm curious to see how long this can go i don't suspect it can go on forever but if it, if we can if before it ends we can get him versus the rooster in a 154 pound bizarre circus match oh, i'm, I'm so in, in on that by the way, I started following the rooster, uh, Nico oh, Macias, man. on Instagram. It's a weird stuff. If you hit the, the live button to see the videos, holy crap, Rafe. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of strange stuff going on up there in the Tehachapi in the mountains with animals. I don't wow. know, man. Uh, once like a green blob substance that he just put on there. And I, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I can comment anymore. I will I will tune in for Sebastian Fundora. Definitely. Want, I love freaks. The freaks come out at night, Friday night, in Showbox. Thank you. The freaks come out at night. <laughs> Saturday in Glasgow, Scotland. ESPN Plus, another MTK Global. Lee McGregor will defend his Commonwealth Bantam against Scott Allen. What? All right. Uh, Saturday on CBS Sportsnet from Cleveland. Is this a, hey. is this a Greg Cohen production, promotion production? Hey. Cody Crowley will face Navid Mansouri, 12 rounds, junior middleweight. Can I get that on the CBSSports.com app? I don't know. Uh, Saturday in Horsens, Denmark, Rafe. We got a title fight. Dina Thorsland will defend her WBO junior featherweight title. Women against April Adams, Rafe. I, I I will be uh, tuning in not only for that great main event, but also hoping to see my man, 
Miguel Kessler at ringside. Yes. I heard his sister, by the way, is smoking hot in a uh, Rachel Cordingly type way. Yes. Thank you. I'm going to make you my girlfriend. Yes. I'd love to. Uh, this is probably the, the highest profile fight of the weekend. Sunday, Las Vegas on Fox. Big Fox rave Sunday night. No, it ain't Jermel Charlo, Tony Harrison, too. Harrison pulled out with an ankle injury. Jorge Cota stepping in to face Jermel Charlo. Revisit, please, seriously, check out our PBC face-to-face episode on the Fox Sports Go app. Check it out in your local listings on FS1 or FS2. It's replaying. It's actually a very good episode because Jorge Cota can do the foreign Bond villain, the demon, very well. I don't know if he can compete in this fight, though. I've watched some Jorge Cota tape. We saw him get stopped by Erickson Lubin a few years ago. He's okay. He's plotting. He's aggressive. This is a showcase for Jamel Charlo to knock this guy the hell out and then call out Tony Harrison. So it should be a fun escapade on Sunday night. I don't hate Sunday night boxing. I want to see Jamel Charlo be back and be that guy. I want to get fired up for the idea of him rematching Harrison. I just don't think Coda can give him much of a fight, probably because Jamel Charlo's the best. Yeah, you know I'm the best. You have any expectations for this fight, Rafe? I think it's interesting. I I'm, I'm I want to watch for how Charlo comes back from that loss, which he feels he won. A lot of people, it was definitely a close fight. I, certainly on the the night of the fight, the broadcast team felt he he, he deserved the decision that he didn't get. Um, it was probably a closer fight than they gave it credit for being. But anyway, you know, Charlo was on top of the world, and and. And in addition to having to deal with his first loss, he's so closely tied and associated with his twin brother, Jamal, who's fighting next weekend in a in a in a, in a headlining at home in Houston, getting all the getting all the love right now. I, I'm, I like I want to see how Jamel Charlo is dealing with the, the, the mental side of the dealing with that loss, then getting amped up to at least avenge it, get a chance to get his belt back against Tony Harrison, sitting through that incredible Tony Harrison performance at the press conference where he's just just, just cracking, dude, like, like cracking jokes on Charlo, Charlo left and right, and then not being able to fight Harrison because of the ankle injury. Now he has to fight a replacement opponent. I, I, I want to see, I think it's even, even if it's not a great test of skill or ability for Charlo, I think it is an important it's a chance to sort of see his ability to bounce back and 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 fight under, you know, not the best circumstances. Go into a fight that not the fight he wanted wanted, not the fight he expected. This is a good mental test for him. Yeah, he can put back a lot of the the luster and fanfare on his name, put some respect on his name by blowing away Coda, calling out Harrison, reminding us he didn't think he lost. Like you said, this this is actually it, it might be a blessing in disguise for him rather than come right back in that rematch get a chance to just blow a guy away, potentially. But look, I don't want to count Jorge Cota out completely. He's tough. The problem is, the more tough he's going to get, and Cota, and Charlo said this himself on the face-to-face, you're going to walk right into what I do well, which is really jack with big right-hand counter shots. Light you up, yeah. yeah. He's, the- um, Charlo, I also just, man, the, the, the other fun thing is, 154 is wide open right now because yes. they can all they all have L's now. They can fight each other. We don't have to do this this silliness, this ridiculousness of 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 oh I can't oh, I'm the champ I can't I'm you know Hurd has an L, Lara has an L, Castano what that was a draw but like they, they, there's no reason why these guys can't just do round robins and make really good fights. I still think Jermel against Lara is a real interesting fight. You know they used to spar together a ton in in camp and. That'd be that'd be interesting. Um, co-main event: Guillermo Rigondeaux is back. 
It's a WBC Junior Featherweight Eliminator against Julio Seja, the brawler. This could be interesting. Seja can walk into something. We'll see if Guillermo, at, in his very late 30s, can kind of take that stain from the Loma fight off of him and maybe yeah. maybe give us something fun to watch. Are, are you in on the Joey Spencer experiment? A lot of people like this young junior middleweight. He'll be taking on Akeem Black in a six-rounder. Are you in yet? Who the heck knows? I mean, he has nice highlights. He's a young kid. You know, it might work. I, I, I'm interested, but I'm, I can't say. How, how do you know if you're in at this level of his career? All right. Your brother through marriage, uh, Ledwan Bartholomew, will be facing Jose Cayetano in a lightweight bout on that undercard. You could probably watch that on FS1. Uh, this, the main card's on Big Fox. Of course, they, they do stream the undercards on FS1. And Cowboy Ryan Carlo, Carl sorry, will take on uh, TBA in an eight-round welterweight bout. So that is part be, Carl, part Charlo. He's Ryan Carlo. Interesting. You'd have a big dump in your pants. All right, that's enough. Let's get out of this show. Hey, shout out to Richard Dwyer. All right, revisit him on uh, Dwyer Crime and Dwyer Boxing. Hopefully we can get him on here one day, Rafe. Will it be a train wreck? Will it be glorious? Will he be one of us? Will he be against us? What's that going to look like, Rafe? What's that fight? What's that look like? I I don't know what that looks like. I hope it looks good. I hope that that he's flattered by the, the weird little world. We've we've created around his his content because we love it, man. His it's, aura. It's, I, I one of my favorite things to do all week long. You know, Dwyer got a new video. I'm gonna play that. I'm gonna read the boxing news, and whenever I hear a great a little great nugget of sound, boom, I'm sending that straight to BC. I think Dwyer needs to realize how ahead of the game he is. I mean, he thinks he's the BEST of YouTube uh, presenters. I got news for people. Many he... many people think so too and i'm one of them yep yep um hey shout out to uh shout out to the irish crew alex godinia's crew shout out to omaha shout out to rafe bartholomew you should revisit his work on the athletic uh check out at rafe Boogs on twitter visit the athletic for more information on how to subscribe to the good boxing and mma content they have going on over there in those parts uh rafe anything else you want to sell something you want to tell people you want to get people excited about anything you want to tickle the bag a little Oh, I'll take a little. little. Um, I'm not selling. I'm selling all the same stuff. Pacific Rims, yes. McSorley's, Mike Kriegel and me. Uh, basketball, loving basketball. The lovest story. The highest selling, best seller of high selling New York Times bookstacles. Yes. Um, Will you be having a I, pilgrimage to the McSorley's Tavern? I was there last night. Ooh, tell us about it. Anything good? It's fine. Me hanging out with this guy. This guy is a regular. There we call Ringo, who is um, he's a character. He's young, younger guy, but into oldie, old timey things. Sometimes comes in wearing like a top hat. Oh, wow. He's an interesting fellow. He's also now into ventriloquism. So he, he didn't have it today, but he's telling me about his doll, Little Billy. Oh wow! Boy, yo yo, it, it's a it was a scene. You think he's ever killed a man? We have uh, we've asked that question amongst ourselves a few times. There is no evidence. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> You're feeling it. That's right. To watch yourself. All right. Hey, that's it. That's the show for this week. Um, hey, check out our MMA show. Uh, we got a new co-host. His name is UFC Hall of Famer Sugar Rashad Evans. It's a wild time over there on the MMA pod. Be sure to check that out wrestling as well holy um, crap did you just a side beat brandon wise out of the mma show yeah look he's on the b side of send you to hell of hashtag campbell wise he's still on the show of course i love me some brandon wise my mma editor good dude great dude uh, i'll be hanging out with him in vegas for ufc 239 rafe am i gonna see you at any fights now that you are under the athletic banner will we be reuniting will we be hanging out broing out hitting 
the uh, sports book with a uh, $2 can of beer that we purchased at Walgreens. Are we doing our thing at all coming up? We will be revisiting that collaboration. We will be revisiting the Ron Stander impersonations yes. in line at Shake Shack at the New York, New York. We will be laughing about how Darren Barker has no time for you, no, no. sells you, and, and, all, and you will be finding great fighters and running up on them and telling them they are champions campions and that you love them and hugging them and they will be scared yes thank you thank you hopefully we'll see each other out there for thurman pacquiao and uh that's it for the show this week guys uh remember the opinion um you should follow in boxing should be your own just consider us two strangers online and we are out